Good morning. You've got more than money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor, Flying Wing this morning, my co-host, Alyssa Young. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, sleepy. Sleepy, Gene. Yes. Hey, there's a song in there. Can sleepy, Gene? Um, oh, what can it mean? Uh, Daydream Believer. Th- thank you You're very welcome. much. You're welcome. Uh, sung by, I think, uh, The Doors, wasn't it? Wasn't it Jim Morrison and The Doors? I don't know. No, it was, I think, Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Which the is, Monkeys. The Monkeys, very similar to the Jim Morrison and The Doors. <laughs> Davy Jones and The Monkeys. <laughs> Welcome to More Than Money. If you're a loyal listener, you know we've already started. That's, That's how we, we roll. We jump in the middle and we let it rip. If you're just joining us for the first time, we welcome you. We think any part of the next couple of hours that you can spend with us will be well served. And if you would like to join us, we'll give you three different ways to do that momentarily. A little gray out there. Yeah. A little bit of rain coming, they say. But if I understand right, a little sunshine coming into your life today. Mm-hmm. Anybody uh, getting, I don't know, I don't Puppy? <laughs> it's puppy day. <gasps> wow. As we speak, my husband and daughter are heading out on a road trip to pick up our new puppy. So we're very excited to welcome a new furry family member. Uh, do we have a name yet? His name is Murphy. And we already have nicknames. All of us have our own nicknames for him. Um, he is a golden mountain dog. And he's eight weeks old today. A golden man dog, Murphy. Murphy's Irish. He should be an Irish setter. <laughs> Irish Spr- Springer Spaniel. Something. Irish something. The name choice was very difficult. So oh, I would admit. Oh, it's always. It's, it was very difficult. And so, who ended up having the deciding vote? Ju- Juliana. Juliana, Yeah, of she's in charge of the puppy. Uh, so, and in so many other ways. Yeah, so oh. it was her favorite name. It was her idea. And she got all of us on board. And we are really excited to have him home. And it's kind of appropriate that it's Easter weekend. I mean, it's kind of appropriate. We, uh, a few weeks back, had some real sadness when we lost Ruby. And mm-hmm. uh, to have uh, our uh, puppy life, um, forgive the extension of the word, resurrected on Easter weekend. Not a bad thing yeah, at all. That's... This is one of bringing life back into the house. That's fantastic. Thanks. So, We're happy. S- speaking of Easter weekend, happy Easter and Passover to our Jewish friends. And um, it is rather remarkable. I heard uh, Deepak Chopra speak uh, just a couple of weeks ago with my good friend Greg, Greg Grillo. We had a date. <laughs> we had a good time. It's it 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 just a joy to spend time with. He's a great guy. Um, Deepak, uh, on a recording that he made some time back that I just, uh, listened to again, um, describes the, the process of how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly and how it goes into a cocoon. Some would say a cave, Mm. um, as something that's kind of just earth-like crawling on its belly and emerges several days later with wings in the most beautiful form you can possibly think of. And his correlation to the resurrection 
in his mind was 100% that God gives us a glimpse, gives us a glimpse of what it looks like to go from this, uh, what we're stuck in right this moment, the uh, the bodies that uh, we need to to, to to be mobile around this plane into a much, much better place filled with just beauty that doesn't end and lightness and 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 wings very nice not a bad thing and also happy easter happy Happy easter Easter. please celebrate and please um i understand that you know church is going to be crowded tomorrow or be be patient uh scooch in give everybody room and uh, lots of greetings lots of lots of yeah this is good stuff my favorite church service of the year oh how can it and a lot of folks for a lot of folks it's christmas i get that and and I enjoy Christmas. Don't get me wrong, but there's a, ooh, it's glorious. Yes, it's glorious. So, uh, welcome to our Easter show, which um, Alyssa has several songs planned, and uh, <laughs> um, we're we're hiding eggs as we speak. And if if you can find them, I'd be very impressed. Jean's wearing bunny ears. <laughs> Sadly, those are the ears that God gave me. <laughs> Sorry. If you would like to join us, we invite that, of course. Uh, easiest way, old school way, is you call 610-720-7900. 610-720-7900. You talk to Mr. Sunshine himself, Mr. Uh, Easter Weekend, Mr. John Elliott, and he'll get you squared away. And then uh, Alyssa will answer you correctly. <laughs> I guess guess we'll find out. Uh, if you have an email, you can send this directly to Alyssa, Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com, A-L-Y-S-S-A, at askmtm.com. And, of course, if you would like to uh, access our show uh, crystal clear from wherever you have Internet uh, provided to you, whether it's on your smartphone or uh, tablet, laptop, uh, workstation, coast to coast and border to border. That's more than money online.com. More than money online.com. You hit the uh, listen live button. It's uh, hard to miss. It's it's a red listen live button. Appears <laughs> magically every Saturday morning at about 8.05. And if you have a question during the show, just hit the ask Gene button and that comes directly to us as. Well, um, tax deadline is Monday. The tax deadline is one of two things. Either you have uh, signed off on your tax returns and given everybody uh, that's preparing them for you permission to file them uh, electronically, or you have filed an extension. And if you have filed an extension, you have really two different uh, roads that you can travel. One is that uh, you expect money back and all you have to do is file a piece of paper. You're just going to complete the paperwork a little bit later. And number two, you expect to pay in and you got to write a check. Extending is paperwork. Extending is not payments. I got to tell you, you got to tell me that whole system makes no sense to me. Um, how do you know how much to make that check for if you haven't done the paperwork? I owe every year. This year I owed a lot less than I had in the past. 
if I hadn't done the paperwork on time, I would have had no idea how much to send the IRS. It is uh, indeed a long-observed catch-22 that in order to file your tax returns, you need your paperwork done. In order to extend your tax return, you have to have your paperwork done. Except you don't. Except you don't. You you get a rough guesstimate. You uh, you, you still have to do the work. There's or somebody has to do the somebody, work. Somebody. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> speaking of somebody has to do the work, we got this email through the website this week. Mm. I would like to have my taxes reviewed by one of your accountants. Mm-hmm. And the adult language that came out of me just in that first line was was impressive. I know uh, one-eyed carpenters that would have been really, really proud of some of the language that I used. Congratulations, Steve. I know. I'm so proud. Um, <laughs> you did my taxes a few years ago. I've been doing them myself lately. This year doesn't seem to be so simple. I would like to make an appointment ASAP. Gene flew off the handle. <laughs> flew off the handle is the most polite thing I did. That that was and oh and, yeah, we'll get you right in. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I had some suggestions about where this uh, person's appointment might be scheduled, <laughs> but that uh, since our tax team, uh, Diane, if that is her real name, uh, Sue Stephanie. Tammy, Melissa, Connie, what a team. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Since they are far nicer people than I, they handled it very nicely. I would not have. And for those of you who um, literally have no clue, uh, Diane arrived home last night. Um, Last night, did I say last night? This morning. She arrived home this morning as I was getting up to come to the show. And that's not the first time this oh, week that the, she no, arrived. No, the last two weeks she's been averaging between 3 and 4 o'clock. Yeah. And this morning was just after 5 as I was getting up. So she's coming in. We're both brushing our teeth at the same time, except she's going to bed and I'm coming here. Yeah. So for those of you who think that um, we're just sitting around. Just waiting for somebody to walk on in. Um, H&R Block? No, it doesn't say H&R Block. I looked. I looked right on our sign. <laughs> it does not say H&R Block. It does not say, do you want fries with that? It doesn't say any of that. It doesn't say drive around, pay at the first window. It doesn't say that. <laughs> arr, arr, arr. Okay. Down boy. <laughs> oh. oh, look, you're getting, you're getting in, the, in, in, the, in the mood already. That's right. I'm practicing. Puppy. For puppy training. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. We go back to the phones. We talk to Gary. Gary, good morning. He's not on the oh, line. Oh, we lost Gary. Uh, the the default of Russia. Oh, and its effects on the economy. Ah, very good. Um, so interesting. Lots going on because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um. Lots that's surprising, I think, a lot of people. Uh, the announcement this morning that Joe Biden is theoretically opening up some leases. Um, from what I've seen and heard, um, this is window dressing. 
I don't think it's going to have a major impact on prices. Uh, we've been very fortunate that prices have pulled back as, as they have, not dramatically, but they've pulled yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good thing indeed. Uh, Europe still has not cut off Russian oil. They're uh, voting on it. They're considering it uh, since Russian oil is the um, cash flow that supports their war machine. I would have thought that would have been cut off weeks and weeks ago. But uh, politics being what they are, people being what they are, uh, there's just a tremendous amount of unexpected consequences coming out of this, all of which from an economic standpoint, forgive me on an Easter weekend for being so blunt, but I don't care. What I care about is the Ukrainian people. And uh, the more that we can take the focus off of the economics and the more that we can put the focus on uh, what's really important, which is human beings and their health and their safety and their lives, uh, all the better. And if we're not going to put boots on the ground, and I certainly am not suggesting that we should, we should certainly give uh, our Ukrainian brothers and sisters um, the equipment they need to do their own defense and also shut down every, every single dollar that could possibly go in to the Russian war machine, shut it down. And if there's a $500 million boat floating in the bay someplace of a Russian oligarch, I I like the word oligarch. I have no idea what it means, but I really, it's really kind of cool. Just suck that baby right up and put it on an auction. And uh, I don't know, sell it for a few hundred thousand bucks and give that money to the Ukrainians. It's a, I'm, I'm pretty clear about this. Mm-hmm. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Gary. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Gene and Alyssa. Happy upcoming Easter. Thanks. Thank you. Same to you. How can we help? Uh, uh, I've got uh, a, a question with regards to uh, the the filing and the paperwork and the, and the chicken and egg whole debacle mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Uh, we, you know, normally we don't get our 1099s or our, our, our uh, reports from our financial institutions till almost close to tax time. So to submit it in time to be able to get an accountant to do it, which I'm, you know, I know where they are inundated with uh, other tax forms. Um, you know, so we had a, had a file of extension. So we got a guesstimate as far as what to send in to the state and the feds. I wrote off a check and my wife was informed that if there's a, a, a dispute, like uh, let's just say I owe $2,500 and uh, I send in $3,000, uh, that that $500 addition gets credited to next year. You don't get like a refund or anything like that. Is that true? Uh, not to my knowledge, but uh, that that may very well have a, have come into fruition in the last year or two without me being informed. Uh, we'll pose that to our tax team and see if we get a, uh, a response back. I, I have not heard that to be true. Uh, I know that it's always been an option. It's always been an option that you can indicate on your tax payment that any overage can be credited to the, to the following year or to your next estimated tax payment. That's always been a taxpayer option. I haven't heard that this is a, uh, a taxing authority mandate now that if you send in extra, we're just going to hang on to it. I, 
I, I, I'm back in my mind. I just don't believe that that makes a great deal of sense. But we'll we'll figure that out, and before the end of the probably before the end of the hour, we'll have an answer for you. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So more or less, it is your choice. As to always has been absolutely that. always has been oh, okay. And okay. P- particularly on refunds. If you've had overages withheld, you've always had that option of, hey, send me a check or credit that towards next year. Um, but whether uh, Pennsylvania or the feds are starting to just uh, confiscate is uh, it doesn't sound correct, but it doesn't mean it's not because we are dealing with the government here. Yeah, true enough. Uh, yeah, because I never filed an extension, so I'm I'm totally unaware of, of how to handle this and how it was would be handled. But okay, well, uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much for your advice. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Happy Easter to Gary. Happy and uh, God bless him. Yes. You're uh, you're a Google Meister. I you am. Know? Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody who has sent me golf tournament invitations. I have them stacked up. We're starting to lay out our schedule for the summer and very excited. We got some wonderful, wonderful uh, invites, wonderful organizations. Goodness gracious. I need to apologize um, in advance. Um, I'm apologizing for something I have no control over. Um, The first three invitations we got. We're all for the same day. Oh, it is a shame. It's almost like um, there there could be a service here. There could be somebody that could set up a clearing house for golf tournament scheduling, <laughs> so that if you know that you're scheduled, uh, that you're not um, bumping up against. And particularly, I, I'm if you look at the three, I'm sure they're all going to do well uh, because they seem like they're really well organized, and the flyers were. Well done. And, and one in particular, I think, was like the 25th anniversary. So they've got lots going for them to be very, very successful. And gosh, for all I know, that's not a problem at all, except except for whiners like me who say, I want to play in all three. <laughs> I want to play in all three. And I can't. And that makes me sad. Uh, so we're uh, pleased if you have uh, fundraising golf tournaments, please send those uh, to me, Gene at askmtm.com, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. That would be wonderful. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Jane. Jane, good morning. Hi, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm on my way to work. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So am I. Um, Anyway, uh, the, the reason for my call is I'm going to be retiring shortly. And I don't have a lot of money, but I do have some excess money. My biggest fear is the Great Reset, because mm-hmm. um, I've heard such terrible things about it, and the fact that our taxes are probably going to go sky high. So how do I protect that? Yeah, you're going to have a couple choices, Jane. Uh, first, um, no surprise, I would recommend that you sit with a trusted uh, financial advisor, someone that can help you uh, kind of not just make decisions, but even before making decisions, uh, get really clear about the resources that you have, the income streams, um, the expenses that you expect uh, will be uh, in your in your retirement budget, and the resources you have. And when you say you've got some extra money, extra sounds really good, uh, confirming that extra indeed is uh, the right term for that. And then you can start exploring ways that you can protect 
capital during a great reset, um, wh- whatever that may end up being defined as, uh, whether that be uh, guaranteed investments, it can be a guaranteed cash flow, an annuity package, a principal protection package. There are lots of different uh, directions that you can choose to go without exposing yourself to uh, rolling the dice and whatever happens, happens. But the real key to deciding which of all those um Gosh, there's at least a dozen different options of of how to protect yourself financially. Uh, The real key of of how to select that is is a clear understanding of where you are and where you wish to go first. And uh, an experienced, trusted advisor can help walk you through that process, perhaps use a retirement planning software package to kind of help you see where your future is and, and, and what adjustments you might need to make. I think that's a really good place to start. Okay, so I need to find a trusted uh, financial planner then is your best advice. That is exactly right. Okay, and that could you be, be you? Uh, it's, um, we, we are proud to say that we have half a dozen of the very best financial advisors you will ever meet. So it may be us, but it's important that you understand that um, when you're talking to a financial advisor for the first time, you're interviewing them. So it's the most important thing is for you to be confident and comfortable. So whether you're talking to one of our advisors or any other advisor that happens to be out there that you may know, make sure that you're making the decision based on your confidence, your trust in that advisor, because with any luck at all, you're going to be with them for 20 or 30 years. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much and have a blessed Easter. Oh, you too. God bless you. Thank you. 610-720-7900. Oh, very sweet. Oh, my goodness. Uh, everything I'm finding says that um, you would get a refund if you overpay mm. your taxes when you file an extension. Um, it, I have I saw a couple of sources and nothing mentioned a credit toward next year. The word confiscation was not no, in there. No, I didn't uh, see the word this, confiscation. This. Sorry. 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. The master of the Google. (laughs) She is the master of the Google. Um, One of the things I will caution you, because Alyssa is the master of the Google, she, one of the first things she will do, she will do. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) One of the first things that she does when she pops up something on Google that seems to apply, she checks the date. Mm-hmm. It's one of the first things she does because um, <clears throat> if you don't, you will find yourself quoting chapter and verse of something that has been uh, outdated since, uh, gosh, 1999, yeah. and it's still on the Internet, and it's still popping up on the first page yeah. of your Google search. It's cray-cray, as my friend Mark likes to say, and uh, can be really damaging if yeah. you're using a uh, citing a uh, an out of date piece of material that's right because this stuff changes all the time so i scrolled right past to the results that said 2016 2019 oh absolutely because yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. irrelevant yeah uh irreverent irrelevant totally different that's totally a totally different. different thing i don't even know why you would have said irreverent i didn't that's why okay Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. Alyssa and askmtm.com. Gene and askmtm.com. One of the things that we're going to talk about when we come back from our break 
when we have a fistful of emails. Yeah. You've got a bunch of material, a lot of good stuff. Uh, one of the things we're going to talk about is developing an investment strategy based on knowing when the market has bottomed out. Oh. Pretty exciting stuff. Okay. Looking uh, forward uh, to that. I, as all of you should be. Exactly. Um, notebook, pen, paper, pencil, I don't know, Crayola marker. I'm, I'm willing, whatever you need to be uh, uh, taking notes, that will be uh, a very uh, important thing. Uh, real quick, before we go to break, uh, one of our most loyal listeners and CPA extraordinaire said, uh, heard you discussing how much to send in with your extension. The general rule of thumb, if you have, if you have paid in 100%, of the previous year's tax liability, or at least 90% of your current tax liability, you should avoid penalty. That's absolutely true. So take a look at last year's total tax, not what you paid in with your return, but your total tax, and make sure that you have that covered, and you should be in pretty good shape. So um, as it turns out, Jim's absolutely right, with one exception. Depending on your income, it's 110% of what you paid in last year. I got corrected by Diane. If that is her, her real name. <laughs> ah, here we go. John being uh, all creative over there. I knew he was going to do that. Good song. It is a good song. Let's just skip the the uh, news and just play the song. <laughs> here it comes. Okay. Back after this. On more than money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickerson. You've got... Alyssa Young. And uh, you've got a lot of good information already. We hit the ground running. Sure. Good people, good calls, wonderful stuff. Some of our emailers are goofy, but uh, what do you do? <laughs> Some of our emailers are fabulous. Jim explains stuff so clearly. He's so clear about that. So as if you are... As we were complaining, you got to do the paperwork anyway. Actually, you don't. You look at last year's tax return. What did you owe? What What did you actually Your pay? Total tax liability. Total tax. So let's say you you paid in in total ten grand. As long as you've paid in, I'll go with Diane's rule of thumb: eleven grand. You're you're good. There's not going to be any penalties. You're not going to get in Dutch. A lot of people think that filing an extension uh, is makes you more likely to be audited audited for the IRS to look at you. And that's not true. There is no uh, increase in audits based on extensions. 610-720-7900, Alyssa at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. You have one that you uh, are drawn to here? Um, or did you have another topic you want to talk about? Or did you want to talk about the strategy for investing when you know the market has bottomed out? Sure. Let's, I mean, you already teased everybody with that. We might as well deliver. 
Uh, that's that's a very good observation good since quite often I, I will tease a topic and then completely forget the answer again. <laughs> towards, uh, oh, so let's let's talk about the part of that uh, question when you know the market's bottomed out. Yeah, what's your point? Yeah, do you have a crystal ball? How do you know when the market's bottomed out? Um, technically, I mean, some people say yes. Some people say I have a crystal ball. Technically, I think it's called a snow globe. Because it's really cool. You shake it and it looks like, even doesn't matter what time of the year it is, it looks like it's snowing. Okay. It's got a little Rudolph yeah. in it and the little red nose uh-huh. lights up. I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, it's amazing. Okay. So the answer is no. I don't have, uh, no. All right. So you got to get all picky on me. Do I have psychic ability? No. Do I, can I read tarot cards? No. Uh, palm reading? Not necessarily tea leaves. No. So let's talk about how to build a strategy based on knowing that the... All right, wait a second. I see your point now. Yeah. Yeah, we've been... uh, Over the last few weeks, I've had a number of prospective clients uh, in discussions. And when I say prospective clients, um, because it's me. I mean, everyone wants to work with me. So if I'm in line, you know, behind somebody at the grocery store and they're talking money, I figure they're a prospective client. <laughs> so everybody that's in my sphere, mm-hmm. um, people are talking about, well, you know, we're at the bottom. So, so do, you know, let's jump in and let's, and, and I'm, and, and you're absolutely right that you start with, how do you know it's the bottom? It's kind of fascinating uh, for folks who have, Limited memories, but still reasonable. 2008 was the perfect example because from October of 2007 through March of 2009, by the way, it turned exactly on my birthday, March 11th. Yeah, happy flipping birthday. I didn't realize it at the moment, but looking back, what a great gift. Um, We were um, struggling right on through the summer of 2008 at minus 17, minus 18, minus 20. It was yuck. In October, it dropped off the cliff. So we were, we're down, and now we're kind of bouncing around what appears to be a bottom. Yeah. Um, but, but bottom line, <laughs> see how I did that? Bottom line, mm-hmm. um, we don't know at all. So if you're basing your investment strategy on some theoretical uh, skill at being able to pick the bottom. Uh, Not really. um. Okay. What's the question? Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt you. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Richard. Richard, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Very well, sir. How may we serve you? Concerning I bonds, do higher interest rates affect that rate at all? And what is the rate now? And how easy is it to get in to get those bonds? I guess you have to go through the IRS. Um, yeah, well, you have to go through the federal government. They, I believe, some of the commercial banks are selling them as well. You can get them certainly online. There are limitations. I think ten grand a year is the limitation. Uh, the initial term is a year, but your initial interest rate's set for eight months. The current reset on uh, eight months. The current is six months. The current reset is 8% plus or minus. That will be good for the next six months. 
Interest rates is not what causes I-bonds to adjust higher or lower. Inflation rates is what causes it to go higher or lower. So we have had situations where interest rates were rising and I-bonds were flat because inflation did not move. And then we've had situations as of late, obviously, where inflation is very, very high. The interest rates on I-bonds have gone up dramatically. And for some people who are um, have a little bit of time and have that ability to do that kind of independently and wish to move a bit of money into a very high-yielding, very, very safe uh, investment, I-bonds is certainly something to look carefully at uh, for sure. Okay. Thank you. God bless, and have a great Easter. Ah, you too, Richard. God bless you. I know. Take care. 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Marie. Marie, good morning. Marie? My Maria. If you find Brooks and Dunn, my Maria, for our next outro, Mm -hmm. I would literally lose my mind. Or actually, hang on a second. Too late. (laughs) Uh, Marie was asking about TOD assets. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's it's actually not that complicated a topic, and it's not that broad a topic. Did you want to address the term TOD? Sure. TOD means transfer on death. And it's a way to establish a beneficiary on an account so that when you die, it will go directly to your beneficiary and not need to go through the probate process, becoming part of your estate and and then per the terms of your will distributed. So you are able to say, hey, this should go to these people in these proportions, and it simplifies the process. Operates very much like a... Beneficiary, beneficiary. doesn't yeah, sure. Yeah. So if you understand that the idea of beneficiary on life insurance, IRAs, annuities, you understand transfer on death. Right. And you can do that on a bank account. You can do it on an, a brokerage account, mm-hmm. in an investment account. Um, so that's something that um, it helps your heirs when you die. It makes things easier for them. And um, it does not mean that those assets are not subject to inheritance tax. And if you live in a state like Pennsylvania that has inheritance tax, um, they are still um, estate taxable. It just simplifies and quickens the process to transfer. And it, it, uh, the term avoids probate is uh, a touchstone for a lot of people. Like, oh, probate's just this dreadful thing. And it may or may not be. That's not the point. But if you want to avoid probate, you can do it very expensively or inexpensively. What's the cost normally for a TOD? No, there's no cost. Yeah, like zero. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Shane. Shane, good morning. Shane. What's happening to our phone call? Shane's also, unless I'm, it's not Shane. Hello? Good morning. You're on More Than Money. Yeah. Okay. Good morning. Oh. Yeah, good morning. Is this Shane? Oh, it's Zane. Zane. Uh. My apologies. Were you expecting Zane this morning? Yes. All right, Zane, we're going to put you on hold for a second. We're going to come back to you momentarily. Uh, We're going to go to George on line one. We're going to talk about uh, purchasing stock. George, good morning and happy Easter. Hey, good morning. I'd like to wish everybody a happy Easter out in Radio Land and also (laughs) to your community and your family as well. Thank you so much. Um, God bless you. This will be the very last time I'm listening to your your uh, your cast because I'm, I'll be working Saturdays from now until infinity. My <laughs> oh, question no. is, 
Yeah, I know. It's a bummer. <laughs> My life is like this. Anyway, uh, <laughs> quick question. The company that I'm going to be working for, they're going public at the end of this month. Mm. I'd like, and, and I totally believe in this company. I'm willing to invest a lot of money in this company. They, It's it's a fantastic uh how do I purchase stock? I, I don't have anything. I don't have a 401k. I don't have everything I have. I live like it's 1950. I was given this advice from an old timer. Live like it's 1950. Don't have any credit card debts. Don't, you know, just live simple. And that was my, my, and it worked well for me. Now, my question is, how do I, number one, how do I purchase stock for this company. And number two, um, I've been reading a lot about T-bonds um, and guys like Glenn Beck are like buy gold because when everything falls apart, you can actually buy bread from gold. I'm self-sufficient. Um, I would like to, and, and I know if, if the T, if, if the treasury falls apart, Everything is going to be okay. I mean, everything's going to be good. <laughs> so basically, how do I buy uh, T-bonds? So two questions. How do I purchase stock when you don't have an IRA or, you know, or uh, a 401k? And how do I purchase T-bonds? Thank you so much for uh, uh, taking my phone call, and I'll take this off air. And have a great, mm-hmm. blessed Easter. Thank you, George. Thanks, God George. bless you. You're the best. Thank you, you so much. I'm surprised, based on his Luddite uh, approach to life, that he he figured out how to dial the phone and get his <laughs> in there. George, uh, that, that I'm so excited for you, not that you can't listen to our show anymore. Certainly not live, but I would suggest um, uh, the 21st century has arrived tw- 22 years ago. And y- you can certainly, if if you are inclined, use technology to access our show by listening um, podcasts, uh, all of our shows, uh, well, a year plus worth of shows are on our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. So you'll still get all of the good stuff. It just won't be, you know, it won't be uh, live and in person. That's right. But it's still going to be good. So let's talk about buying stock first. Pretty straightforward. You've got a couple choices. If you have access uh, to your new company's home office, Perhaps you work in the home office I'm, that, or, or you can reach out through HR. They may very well, since they're going public and they want to generate as much excitement as they can, they may very well be able to assist you in setting up a stock ownership plan right through the company. So you might find it to be very, very easy indeed. If that isn't the case, then you're going to have a couple choices. You can either set up an investment account through a brokerage operation. Uh, we often use Charles Schwab in our organization as custodians. And Charles Schwab has a number of outlets in the Lehigh Valley. You can walk into a Charles Schwab office, open up a, an investment account, and deposit money into it and buy stock. So very, very simple. If you are more inclined to be uh, do it yourself. You can go online and open up your own investment account. Do the same thing. Deposit cash into that account and then buy stock. You can buy um, T-bills the same way and often in this very same account. 
So you will likely um, want to start with setting up your account either through your company or through um, uh, going into a brick and mortar uh, Charles Schwab or some other brokerage operation or doing it online. And then you can buy the stock in your new company, the new stock in your company uh, and or uh, T-bills all in the same account. Pretty straightforward yeah, stuff. Excellent. Um, one of the things you might look into as well while you're talking to HR, um, if you were in our office, you'd be filing a complaint with HR. But in this case, <laughs> Um, there may very well be plans to offer the company stock inside either their 401k or inside what's called an ESOP, an employee stock ownership plan. If you are really committed, sounds like you are, that uh, uh, you're, you're convinced this is a great company, good for you. It's always, that's fantastic to be able to work for a company you're really excited about. Um, then being part of either buying stock on a regular basis in your 401k or through an ESOP might be something that you find very, very appropriate. Just a thought. Mm -hmm. 610-720-7900. Do we still have anybody left? Okay, then we're good. You can squiggle that, and I guess we're good. Are we lost, Zane? Okay. He's still on the line? Okay. Oh, Zane. That's what okay. I'm Yeah, let's talk to Zane. Good morning, Zane. It's all you. Good morning, Zane. Good morning. Thanks How are for, you? Thanks for waiting. I'm great. How are you? Of course. I'm good. Good. Are you uh, home for the Easter weekend? I currently am. Excellent. I'm at um, Mark's house. Ah, Mark's house, if that is his real name. <laughs> yeah. For our, li- our loyal listeners, they might remember um, Zane Belsack. Zane is the son of one of my fellow financial advisors, Mark. And Zane has called into the show a couple of times, and we are um, happy to have his fresh perspective. Uh, Zane is a sophomore at Monmouth University who's majoring in finance. I got that right this time, right, Zane? Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so Zane is um, really interested in the world of finance, and uh, he is, is kind of tuned in to what we talk about on the show. He's a regular listener. So um, we welcome him to, you know, ch- chip in with his questions and bring his perspective from school. So, Zane, you um, have a question for us based on something you've been talking about in one of your classes, right? Yes. Go ahead. Tell us what you want to talk about today. Um, so this question is a two-parter. The first part is, um, well, basically, yeah, in school, we've been learning about something called nationalism. And I'm curious how you both think nationalism has changed under the Biden administration. Hmm. So I, I'm i going to tell you, Zane, this is, I, I think I, I, I already, you kind of know of how I feel about this. I am not... Um, the person to ask. <laughs> um, I have very different, maybe um, political views, and um, it, it's a it's a tough it's a tough topic for me to to address. But um, I think Gene might have a better perspective on this than I than I would. Are, are you being Are you being reluctant due to your diplomatic nature? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's a very, very challenging uh, a topic to discuss in polite company. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and the vast 
a majority of the reasons why it's difficult is because the term polite company has largely been lost. Uh, when I was Zane's age, um, in college, I would come home, of course, on breaks, mm -hmm. and I would hang with people in a town where I grew up, where basically everybody knew everybody, and in many cases, we were all related anyway, because so, <laughs> my dad had 14 brothers and sisters, and I think mom was one of six or eight, so if if you yelled at somebody, you were probably yelling at your cousin. <laughs> so. We often disagreed about issues of uh, politics. Mm -hmm. uh, nationalism was not a term that we used because uh, way back when, everyone was a huge fan of the United States of America. And everyone had the same uh, patriotic, nationalistic, if you will, feeling about pride in our country and pride in what our country at that point had accomplished and, yeah. and stood for in, in, in the world. Um, there were always and always have been um, nationalistic feelings uh, from citizens of countries around the entire world, and understandably so. Let's pick on the, uh, the Irish. Let's pick on the Irish. The Irish are incredibly proud of their heritage, as they should be. They're an amazing people that have produced amazingly talented human beings and great accomplishments over centuries. So th their feeling of nationalistic pride makes perfect sense. There, there is a pride that comes with um, uh, being part of something important mm -hmm. that doesn't require us to denigrate another person's pride in their being part of something important. Just as I can wish my close friends happy Easter and a blessed Easter, I can wish my other close friends a wonderful Passover, a blessed Passover. And I don't have to be upset because they don't believe what I believe and I don't believe what they believe. Right. Right. So nationalism uh, currently being used in a very pejorative term um, bifurcating America. Will you stop with the vocab I'm words? Telling you, I'm telling you. I read. Once in um, a while I actually read. This is good stuff. Um, Zane, I think, I guess allowing my thoughts to gel for a moment um, to specifically answer your question about how it's changed under the Biden administration. I think from my perspective, it's not just the Biden administration that has changed nationalism. I think it's the two-party political system in the United States has fractured that. So it's it it wasn't it didn't start here. It probably started a long time ago. But I think the previous administration damaged some feelings of nationalism. The current administration is damaging some more of them. Um, is there's no one to blame, and it and I I do think it's the divisiveness of the two party political system in the United States. That's as far as I should go with that because uh, I have pretty strong feelings about it. I think and and <clears throat> and and then I would have to correct some of those. Right, and I don't um, want to get into that with you. <laughs> um, we, we, we uh, again, um, that's the advantage. One of the advantages of, of having a co-host <laughs> is that uh, we are very different people with very different experiences yeah. and, and very different hmm, timelines. <laughs> timelines, that's the polite term for I'm much older. And I have um, the advantage 
of having lived in a uh, growing up period where people of both political parties could be side by side, particularly at social events, Little League games, football games, sports, high school, small towns, and have uh, um, disagreements politically and yet tremendous respect and and a common, you you could, it's kind of like me and my brother fighting. I fight him tooth and nail, knock him down, he'll knock me out and have somebody else attack him, I'll kill him. That's right. Yeah, we band together. Well, so, Zane, you said you had a two-part question. So tell us, why is it that you're interested in this topic? What is it that you want to follow up with? In two minutes. Um, so I, I would also like to know if you think that the changes in trade policy and a shift towards isolationism are hurting and helping our country, because I know with, um, like you said, the most recent nationalism, things are changing. Yeah, they, they, they aren't changing nearly as much as people might suggest. I think there's a very small minority of folks who are beating a drum, sending out a message that they want the world to believe is true for the world that isn't. Uh, nationalism, pride in one's nation, is not the same as isolationism. Uh, we are not isolated, not in any way, shape, or form. And if you thought that we were, all you have to do is go back to the pandemic where shortly after the Wuhan virus was released, we started looking for all of the medical equipment that we needed, and it was coming from China. If you're talking about supply chain disruption, we're not talking about it's hard to get stuff from Hellertown. It's hard to get stuff from Fogelsville. It's hard to get stuff from China. It's hard to get stuff from Iraq. It's hard to get uh, get stuff from around the world. Uh, anyone who thinks that there's an isolationist approach to uh, world economies today is living, gosh, in in, in a century that uh, who was our earlier caller who who's from the George from the 1950s because <laughs> it simply isn't the case. Uh, the world's economies are interdependent now more than ever, and uh, there's there's nothing on the horizon that's going to change that. Zane, we appreciate your call very, very much. We're coming to the top of the hour news, Fox Network News. It's actually brightening up out there a little bit. Looks like we might get a decent day. Keep your fingers crossed as we're in the Easter holiday season. If you have a question for us, 610 610- 720-7900 Alyssa at askmtm.com Gene at askmtm.com morethanmoneyonline.com All of those are ways that we'll talk to you after this on More Than Money. You keep on giving Some music. Oh. Dance party in the studio. Yeah, you can just keep that for bumpers all the way through. We'll play the full song yeah. at the end of the show. <laughs> end of the show. Do your math. 
He's got to get all mathy and figure out how to back that. <laughs> that is such a great piece of music and talented, talented people. Oh, my gosh. Welcome back to More Than Money. We're happy Easter, happy Easter, blessed Easter, um, and Passover to our Jewish friends. Um, lots going on, obviously, tax deadline on Monday. Um, I'm sure our tax return will be done uh, around midnight on Monday. You mean your own personal Our tax? own personal thing. <laughs> it's always the last one. And um, generally, Diane won't let me see the numbers. She says, sign here, sign here, sign here. Because she uh, is trying very hard for me not to have a stroke uh. and just go, are you kidding me? Are you th- so I'll see them, you know, June something. That's good. Okay. Uh, if you have questions for us, there's three ways to do it. You can send a listen email, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. You can go to morethanmoneyonline.com. You can call 610-720-7900. That's what Kurt has done. Kurt, good morning. You're on More Than Money. Happy Easter to you. And to you. Uh, a quick question. Um, with the uh, recession uh, possibly looming out there and, and cost of inflation going higher, would it be prudent to uh, take my uh, stocks and put more into the bond uh, area? Uh, sadly, uh, we're up against uh, a scenario not unlike the Jimmy Carter years where uh, stocks uh, struggle because of uh, inflationary uh, worries, and yet bonds are a near-guaranteed losing position because of rising interest rates. And even if they're not losers per se, uh, they are losers because of higher inflation. So it is an incredibly challenging time to decide where uh, in, in, in terms of alternatives, where to put money other than the stock market so that you can get a reasonable rate of return and yet not be exposed to a dramatic drop in the event of a recession. Um, since uh, the Great Recession, uh, there have been, and since Jimmy Carter years, of course, there have been lots and lots and lots of financial investment developments uh, some of which include um, what are called buffered ETFs, buffered exchange-traded funds, meaning investments that are uh, they use options to protect against downturns in the market. One of the most common that we see being used right now provides for protection against losses in the stock market up to a 15% loss. Translation, you can put money in. If the market uh, drops up to 15%, you don't lose anything. If the market goes up, you get all or most of the increase in the market. There are similar protections to be had on the annuity side. Uh, Fixed rate annuities now have top 3% interest rates. So uh, principal protected, um, protected by the the full faith and credit of the annuity company, interest rate protected, fixed indexed annuities are available where your principal is protected as well and your interest rate is based on an index. And then there are buffered variable annuities. So there are a fair number of alternatives that where, where the word bond is not in the title. And I think those are the areas that you're going to need to look at. Uh, I fully expect over the next two years, perhaps three we're going to see negative returns in the bond markets. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks very much, sir. Uh, You're very welcome. Happy Easter. You too.
610-720-7900. We go back to the phones. We talk to Trish. Trish, good morning. Good morning, Jean and Alyssa. Good morning. Happy Easter. Oh, you too. Happy Easter. Doing well. Thank you so much. I have a question. By the way, I love that song that you play, the bumper oh, song. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was talk, just talking to my neighbor. She lost her husband seven weeks ago. Mm. Um, their social security age. Um, she's having some issues with that. But I have a question for, for the social security benefit. She was receiving his check as well as her check. Since he passed away, she loses her benefit of Social Security and only receives his. What? Why is that? Why, if you work your whole life, you don't get your own Social Security benefit any longer? Actually, uh, if, if we look carefully at how it's worded in the Social Security rules, you receive the higher of okay. the two benefits. So if she had during her working life accumulated a benefit that was higher than his, she would receive that. Or it sounds like in this case, his um, benefit was higher than the one she was receiving. So with his passing, she gets her survivor benefit, which, which would be his, uh, again, assuming it's higher than her benefit. Right, right. So that her check just gets absorbed back into the government? Um, it, it, it is a fair question. Um, the, the Social Security system is often uh, described as a pool, uh, and, and that's only described that way by politicians. Uh, politicians would love you to believe that they have this huge bank account and they've been carefully managing this money for over a hundred years. That is a big steaming pile of hoo-ha. Um, there is no bank account. Um, there, there is, uh, uh, just the government you, and, and whatever money you and I send them from tax payments, uh, redistributing those dollars back out. So, um, some would say she has quote unquote lost, um, some benefits. The reality is that for the vast majority of Americans who live to, to a normal life expectancy, they, they're going to end up pulling out um, a, a pretty reasonable amount compared to what they put in, and in many cases far okay. more than what they put in. And, in. and hopefully in this case, the bump that she gets on the survivor benefit is a substantial one, but uh, she will get the higher of the two. Oh, that's good. That's good then. Okay. Well, I appreciate your your clarification, explanation. No worries. For that. All and, right. And very please good. tell her that she's in our prayers. Oh, I will. I certainly will. Thank you so very much. You're very welcome. I love your show. Listen every week. Just you guys are great. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Thanks for calling, Trish. God Happy bless Easter. you. Happy Easter. Bless you as well. Happy Easter. Oh, seven weeks ago. Oof. I have um, something I wanted to talk about related to that, but we can come back to it after yeah, we take back. our next phone call. Yeah. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Don. Don, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Very well. How may we serve you? Well, nice to have your co-host back. I, I have to inject that first. Thanks, Don. She was doing nothing <laughs> last week. I was just, you how, know. How many miles did you run? I ran 36 miles last Saturday. That's why I wasn't here. And wow, uh, my knees hurt. Uh, my head hurts just hearing about it. So, so <laughs> oh how may we serve it. you, sir? All right. This is a question for my friend. She's 59 years old. 
and she recently received an inheritance. I'd like to know if that's going to have any effect on her disability. She collects Social Security, Disability, Medicaid, Medicare. Uh, In general, the answer will be no. In general, um, uh, a Social Security disability status is a function of a person's ability to work or not, obviously. It is not a function of her assets. Medicaid, on the other hand, is an issue of assets. And qualifying for uh, Medicaid, which is in in, uh, uh, strict terms medical welfare, is... Uh, typically an asset uh, or a qualification process. Translation, if you have uh, significant assets, you don't qualify uh, to have subsidized uh, medical welfare. So those two things might very well find, she may find that they are very separate. Uh, it's very important, of course, that she get good counsel uh, to determine kind of her status and, and what actions she should be taking or not. Um, fortunately in our office, uh, Mark Basak is both a, uh, social security expert and Medicare Medicaid expert as well. So, uh, I would encourage, uh, your friend to, uh, to reach out to the office, make sure that she speaks either, uh, by, by uh, dropping by the office and meeting with Mark directly or by phone or by email. However, it best fits her, uh, to make sure that she's very clear about what she needs to do. Um, relative particularly to the Medicaid benefits. Okay. Right. That sounds like a good idea, sir. I appreciate the info. Thank you, Don. Take care. Bye-bye. And happy Easter. Mm-hmm. And God bless. I'm still back on that poor young lady who lost her husband just weeks ago. Yeah, that's, it, I can't imagine. Um, and you don't want to. No. No, there's lots of things in this world that you... Uh, People go, you can't imagine, and the answer is you're absolutely right, and I don't want to. Um, you start talking about children, yeah, la, 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 don't want to hear it. It's just too painful to think about. So um, we keep keep them in our prayers. That's right. In our prayers. 610-720-7900. You wanted to circle back. I did. So related to Trisha's question, Um, She was asking on behalf of her friend who recently lost her husband. I have a client who recently lost her husband, um, and I've been working with her to help her manage things and move things. And um, one of her questions was very similar um, about Social Security. So she um, was not collecting Social Security yet and um, asked, well, you know, what do I do here because she's entitled to a widow's benefit or a survivor benefit. Um, and she will also have her own social security benefit on her own record. She's still working, even though she qualifies for uh, collecting social security, she's still working. She doesn't need it. So she hasn't started it. So following the advice of the aforementioned wonderful Mark Basak, mm. um, I, I asked my client to make an appointment with the social security office and she had a phone meeting and requested what's called a benefit matrix. Cool. So she got it and she sent it to me to look at and mm. I provided it to Mark and we analyzed it together and came up with the best strategy for this woman to maximize her Social Security income. And if you uh, are not clear 
in your own mind what a benefit matrix might look like, picture a piece of paper with the most numbers that you can jam on one <laughs> piece of paper with almost no guidance as to what right. they mean. I had never seen one before. Mm. So it was, it's like a bunch of columns and every, the left column is every month and, and year um, between now and 70 or so, I guess. Um, and then there's a column with what um, your own benefit would be uh, at, in that month. And then a column with what your um, former spouse's uh, benefit would be. And it allows you to compare what each, how different they are at, at each point in time. Um, so it depends on, you know, your earnings history. If you made a lot more than your spouse or vice versa, your benefit's going to be bigger or smaller, depending on what your age is. Uh, you know, we all we talk about this all the time, how at full retirement age, um, your benefit is at 100 percent, but then it gets bigger beyond that up until age 70. So having this matrix allows you to compare when to start which benefit, but it would be confusing on your own. Mm. So I just wanted to share with all of you that when you have someone who knows how to use this information, um, we were able to come up with a great strategy for my client. We could do the same to help you as well. And the other complicating factor in this case was that she's still working. So we talked about, well, how much can she still collect from Social Security while still working? Um, that doesn't matter once you're full retirement age. But mm -hmm. when you're younger than full retirement age, uh, you have How old is she? She is 62. Ah, so she's got almost five years before normal retirement. Yes. So um, we did determine, however, and, and, and it's important to note that the Social Security representative wasn't fully correct in her com their conversation with my, my client, that she should still start her survivor's benefit even though she's still working and earning because she'll have she'll she'll be able to collect about seven thousand dollars from social security next year why give that up mm -hmm. so there's no harm in get, taking that money that her husband worked for mm -hmm. um so anyway it was a very interesting scenario there's a lot of factors to to consider um and it's my my, my message here is don't just guess you don't need to just guess because once you make a decision about when to start which benefit that's it. You know, it's too late. But if you if you think about it, if you consult an expert, you'll have the benefit of knowing what she knows. Yes, I can start to collect. I'll start with my survivor benefit. I'll switch to my own benefit when I'm 70 and then I'm going to have the most possible income. And she was really grateful for this guidance because figuring this out on her own, mm. probably not really likely. So um, if you want to have that benefit of the consultation and the expertise, all you have to do is call our office or email me and we'll schedule an appointment for you to meet with Mark. And uh, the more information, you know, you have, the better off you'll be. So this was a, it was just a really cool kind of little case study as to why, uh, you know, you need to know how the system really works. But, but you didn't talk anything at all about mutual funds. <laughs> it has nothing to do with mutual funds. Oh, okay. 610-720-7900-610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. Um, you look like you discovered something, so <laughs> I'll question. circle back to my question for you after your question. I got a question in my email from a listener who asked, is there a difference between TOD and beneficiary? And... 
I guess the way best way to answer that is transfer on death is a type of account that has a beneficiary on it. So you when you have a transfer on death account, you identify who your beneficiary is. You have a beneficiary on an IRA. You have a beneficiary on a 401k. You have a beneficiary on a life insurance. You have a beneficiary on a transfer on death account. Does that sound like the clearest Sounds way to answer? Sounds wonderful. Okay. okay. Yeah, and, I hope that helps. And, and mechanically, the answer is no. There's no difference. Mechanically. Right. The, mechanically. Right, right, right. The impact is the same. Yeah. The reason I was teasing about your description of Social Security not including a mutual fund <laughs> is that you and I had the pleasure yesterday of meeting a, a very nice young man named Bobby, mm-hmm. a Nazareth native. Mm-hmm. Uh, a proud graduate of the Blue Eagles Academy, <laughs> and uh, as you are, as I am, and uh, as your son will be in not very long, a year and two months. Wow, crazy! Um, and he was, I think, at least on some level, surprised to learn how much um, impact we as more than money advisors have on our clients that has nothing to do with investments. That's right. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. He in school has been focusing so much on the data and the analysis yeah. and the, you know, technical aspects yeah. of investing and finance and what it's like to work with people in this realm. Nationalism and isolationism. Right. Just like Zane's learning about in macroeconomics. But in reality, uh, our job as a financial advisor uh, includes so much more than that. And so we gave him a glimpse into what our normal days are really like. And it's all about relationships. (laughs) And and the relationship... um, the relationships that we are blessed to have with our clients cause us um, legally. I get that the word fiduciary gets tossed around. We are legally bound to do what's in their best interest. That's all well and good. And I'm sure that there are people out there who will do that because it's legal and because they're required to, Uh, it becomes rather easy to put someone's best interest first when you care about them. Oh yeah. So when you spent um, the time, the effort, the energy, the resource to work with this young woman who has lost her husband in exploring strategies on Social Security, not mutual funds, not stocks, not bonds, not options, um, we, we, didn't, we didn't get a uh, 18% compound internal rate of return. We got a end result that gives her, first of all, tremendous peace of mind because she knows that she's made a decision that's best for her and, 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 and grounded in reality and grounded in, in a, a sound approach and understanding as opposed to, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. There's yeah. look at all these numbers. Yeah. I guess I should just take it and get something. One of the things she said to me that resonated most was, you know, my husband worked hard for that money. He would want me to have it and not the government. (laughs) 
And because he was a good man. And so I think that that also helped make her feel better. Besides knowing that she did the right thing, she she's thinking about him and that it, he would. It be honors happy. his yes, legacy. That's right. Yeah. You know, you work an entire career to provide for somebody you care about. You want to know that it ended up what it should be. That's right. Yeah. No, I I'm happy to be able to help her with that. It makes me happy that you know she's got that checked off her list. She knows that she's got a plan. Um, and the impact, a lot of people go, so you're going to make a little extra here, a little extra there. We we actually have one young lady that was one of the first people that Mark counseled when he joined our team, uh, did not realize that she could collect on her ex-husband's Social Security. Mm-hmm. And she went uh, into a meeting hoping to figure out at some point in the very distant future if she will ever be able to retire and walked out finding out she'd get an extra $1,400 a month immediately. Uh, are you kidding? You want to talk about changing somebody's That's life. Right. Yeah. So with yeah. any luck at all, she sticks around for 30 years. And what's that, like twenty grand a year? So it's only 600000 bucks. Jeez. Yeah. It's only 600000 <laughs> yeah, no get Let's not get our knickers in a twist. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> Goodness. Gracious. 610-720-7900. Gene at AskMTM.com. I know there's one in here I want to ask you. Okay. Because uh, we have like two and a half minutes. Okay. Yeah. Is it in, it came through the website. Uh, by the way, um, real quick, through the website, to the moron who sent us Uh-oh. the uh, email. And when I say moron, I say that very respectfully because whoever wrote this uh, is... Uh, has worked very, very hard to be a moron. So you know what? When you put the effort in, you should be recognized. <laughs> um, who um, The email, and I'm paraphrasing, it was only a couple lines, it said, stop talking about Social Security. You don't know what you're talking about. There's no such thing as a normal retirement age Social Security. Oh. And there's <laughs> no such thing as maximum Social Security. And you go, hmm. Let me think through this. Putting all the adult language that I used aside, yeah, I got nothing. Okay, uh, 610-720-7900. Pretty simple question. Okay. Is it imperative to have a will? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are some cases where you don't need a will, but they are very limited, and that would be like, you have no assets, no dependents, no obligations. If you have any assets, if you have any people that you leave behind that you care about, yes, you should have a will. Um, if if we were to put it into percentages, um, the folks that we talk to that are of age, uh, putting aside children for a moment, so I don't think a three-year-old needs a will. No. Okay. Um, I think the folks of age... It's probably running at somewhere between 97 and 99%. And some of the folks who are uh, quick to kind of take themselves off the list, well, we don't own anything. We're just starting out. We're barely paying our bills. Um, the, you, you said we. So there's, there's somebody in your life that you're concerned about. Um, you, you may have very little, but maybe you have life insurance at work. And I guarantee you, if as soon as you say the word child, you must have a, or the word imperative is exactly the right word. 
it is imperative that you have a will because it's your will that will describe to the world who will raise your children, who will care for your children, who will care for the money for your children uh, if you're not here. So what do you think? 97, 98, maybe 99 percent. Yeah. Does that not make it imperative? I think it is. I think it pretty. I think it's imperative for you to find out that it's not imperative. <laughs> we won. All right. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. John's writing up one question. We're going to probably put that. Uh, ask them to be on hold through the break as we take our last uh, break of the show. So Tom, hang on. Uh, and if you have questions for us that you would like us to address in the nine thirty segment, then six one zero. 720-7900 works uh, very, uh, very well. Uh, Alyssa at askmtm.com, Gene at askmtm.com, and morethanmoneyonline.com. I'm going to buzz out so you can enjoy this music. S- see you after this on More Than Money. to more than money i know it hurts i know it hurts for me to walk on top of that beautiful piece of music (laughs) so uh at uh, the top of the hour in 21 minutes we're going to play that whole song for you as an outro on an easter weekend it's uh oh our gift to you Hmm. our gift to you happy easter blessed passover and uh if we can in the next 21 minutes assist you we wish to do that 610-720-7900 Let's go to the phones, and we'll talk to Tom. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Gene. How may, um, we, how may we serve you? I'm going to be inheriting about $90,000. Okay. And I have a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a house with a, a mortgage on it that I owe about $43,000 at uh, 4.8%. Uh, the question I have is, do I pay that off or do I invest the whole $90,000? Let me ask you a question first. If you uh, uh, were to invest the entire 90000 what would your goal for that money to be? What kind of uh, result would you want from that investment? I would just want it to be a safe investment. I'm like 77, and I don't want it to evaporate with inflation and all the rest of it. Uh, very good. So if, if I told you I had an investment that would pay between 45 and 5% and was really safe, that would be interesting to you? It would be. It wouldn't cover inflation, but it's certainly better than nothing. Absolutely. That would be called paying off your mortgage. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's super safe. 
It builds equity in your home. Inflation actually increases the equity in your home. Your home value goes up with inflation. So you will be saving, earning four point something percent safely, securely, and you're increasing the equity in your home. So as prices go up, uh, you're going to benefit from that. So I would absolutely pay off your mortgage. I wouldn't hesitate for a moment. And what do you do with the rest of it? Mutual yeah. funds? Yeah, well, safe and secure mutual funds come in lots of flavors, and some of them are safe and secure, and some of them are crazy risky. So there's lots of different flavors of investment in, in both the stock market, the bond market, and lots of other places. So uh, sitting with a financial advisor to make sure that you're looking at your big picture making sure that you've got your your emergency funds are in good shape, that you've got uh, um, your uh, uh, cash flow is under uh, under control, that you've got all the um, income that you need for your expenses. Getting all those basics, make, make sure we're checklisting all that first, and then discussing the pros and cons of, of, of maybe a good safe, um, whether it be a, a short-term uh, fixed, uh, annuity that pays 3% for three years, tax deferred, or whether it's a longer term uh, investment that, that's got some real protection to it. Start with paying off your mortgage and then sit with a financial advisor you trust and, and get a couple ideas and see which ones f- feel best for you. All right. When I get it done and it's finished, I will we'll give you a call. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you over in the More Than Money World Headquarters. Okay. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, sir. God bless Bye. you. Happy Easter. Uh, we used to tease More Than Money World Headquarters because there was only really one office. <laughs> but technically, it was still the World Headquarters. Mm-hmm. And now we have More Than Money North mm-hmm. and More Than Money South. More Than Money South is the original uh, more than money world it's, headquarters. It is. It's the world headquarters. It's the world headquarters in the Holy Lands, which particularly appropriate on Easter weekend, between Bethlehem and Easton, or Bethlehem and Easter, <laughs> Bethlehem and Easter, between Bethlehem and Easter, uh, between Bethlehem and Nazareth, and uh, more than money north, which is where our tax department, headed up by Diane, if that is her real name, and her team. Uh, they've been putting in incredible number of hours. It's just staggering how much time they have been putting in. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of returns. Uh, by the way, I want to thank everyone. Everyone who picked up their tax returns yesterday at our More Than Money World Headquarters. Uh, our team, Connie, Tammy, and Melissa, are second to none. They are three of the nicest human beings you will ever bump into and absolutely prepared to help people. Some people are not, um, what's the word, Um, appreciative. Everyone through that office yesterday was appreciative. Everyone that came through, every single client, calm, relaxed. Now, the fact that that Tammy, uh, Melissa, and, and Connie did such a great job, that certainly helps. But but that was wonderful. It's wonderful to see dozens and dozens and dozens of people being polite and smiling and happy and, and accommodating. Good for you. There was one point yesterday when I went to the printer and there were people at each of the three tables 
mm-hmm. inside the door, signing tax returns, and then one woman waiting her turn. Mm-hmm. And it was so calm and peaceful, but they were at like max capacity at that moment. And I was like, wow, it's not mayhem over here. They're busy, but everybody was cool and you know it was nice they're well, so pleasant so they've been greeting everybody so pleasantly so i think that's helping um sets a tone yeah yeah it sets a, it, a it, it sets the stage for people to be chill sure. 610-720-7900 we go to the phones we talk to roger roger good morning hi gene uh i have a question regarding all those ads you have they have in the uh radio and, and television about person who doesn't pay their taxes for five years and they owe $30,000, and then they go to this company and the company, uh, um, you know, talks to the IRS and they only have to pay payments in a dollar. And I was just wondering, um, would you advise people doing that or not? Yeah, in general, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I advise people that, that the vast majority of those companies are not what they appear to be. Uh, they are obviously in business to make money, so... Uh, getting some of your money in their pocket, uh, money that, to be blunt, if you had um, gone directly to the IRS, would have reduced your tax bill already, um, is is not high on my priority list. Uh, we have found that the IRS is uh, not the uh, um, boogeyman. They're difficult to get a hold of, there's no question. Uh, but negotiating with the IRS if you're against up against a tough spot is not impossible and generally is best done either yourself or with a tax professional versus one of these companies. So not a big fan. Well, I, I was not only being half uh, serious about that, because I realized that you would not recommend something like that, <laughs> especially uh, not paying your taxes. Nope. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, sir. And uh, just one more question, sure. if you have time. Go ahead. All right. Um, what, what would be if you didn't pay your taxes and then you, you uh, willed the IRS your estate. Yeah, the IRS doesn't care if you willed them your estate or not. If you have not paid taxes, one of the responsibilities that your executor will take on is to make sure that all liabilities of the decedent are taken care of. And Again, trust- that's only half serious. Yeah, I, well, they're, they're going to come and get you. So, we, Roger, yeah. we appreciate the call very much. Right. Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah, and you, sir. Yes, indeed. Yep. God bless. Bye-bye. 610-720-7900. That's your friend, Roger. My friend, Roger. Yes, I met him a while ago. In a while ago. Months ago. Go Cavaliers, right? right. <laughs> uh, we go to the phones. We talk to Al. Al, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm a faithful listener, big fan. I watch your TV show also. Oh, thank you. And uh, happy Easter to both of you. Thank you. Um, earlier, you had a call about I-bonds. And I just wanted to uh, call and thank you because you gave me an Easter present. I, I have these I-bonds sitting here, and I don't really look at them. I just assume I'm going to keep them for 30 years. So I, just for giggles, I, I got my calculator out on my tablet, and I uh, I bought this one in the year 2000 for face value was $10,000. And as of today, it's earning 10.64 interest. It has earned... 24,000 and change and its value is 34,000 and change. Wow. <laughs> Not too And then stupid. I have a 5,000 that bought on the same month and year and it's obviously half of what I just said mm. but with the same interest rate. 
I had I just forgot that they're adjusted by inflation, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much would accrue. But pretty cool. That's Thanks a nice for the Easter discovery. present. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Easter, indeed, my friend. <laughs> Okay, thanks. Great show. I'll be listening. Have a nice holiday. You take care. Oh, my goodness. That's great news, yeah. Now, what I'm really happy about is that he checked now versus checking about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Because when inflation was uh, uh, under the previous administration, like 1%, the interest he was earning was like one point something (laughs) or two, maybe. Um, Because his I-bonds are older, he has a higher base. The current bases are pretty small, 1%-ish, and then you get your inflation tax on top. So his base must be 2, 2.5, I'm guessing, to get over 10. But 10%? Very nice. Take it, smile. Um, Not a bad thing at all. Mm -mm. 610-720-7900. We have 11 minutes left to take your calls here on More Than Money. Yes, go I ahead. have a question for you that Please. a TV show viewer called to ask. All right, so I wrote down his question that oh. he, he mm. read to me over the phone, and he would like uh, your response to this. Okay, ready? Me too. I opened a five-year American Equities fixed indexed annuity in October 2021 for $300,000. Nice. I had met with the advisor several times. We went over my finances and both felt the annuity would be a good fit for me in place of a CD being rates were so low. We talked about the S&P 500 index and that I could expect about a 4% average return for a total of $60,000 in interest for the five years. The $300,000 would be split 50-50, point to point and monthly in the index. No other indexes were talked about. When I got the annuity contract, I was invested 50-50 in a global index and a tech stock index at an annual point-to-point. I asked the advisor why the change. Was this a mistake? He said no. He felt this was a this was best based on a hypothetical history of the two new indexes. Both are only one year old. I did not change the contract during the free look period based on the advisor's professional advice, but I feel this may have been a bait and switch deal and I no longer trust the advisor. I can change to the S&P 500 index on the contract anniversary date and withdraw 10% each year without penalty after the first year. How do you feel about this whole issue and what is your advice? Thank you very much. Um, okay. Couple things that are important. American Equities uh, is a well known company. It is not a fly by night company by any stretch of the imagination. So let's start there. Okay. Uh, number two, we are uh, referencing the individual that this gentleman worked with as an advisor. We have no evidence here whatsoever that this is a financial advisor. We have lots of evidence that it is a salesman. The differences are pretty important. A financial advisor would um, have tremendous responsibility for uh, correcting errors. A salesman has no motivation. They've already gotten the commission. They've stuffed it in their pockets. And now you're just annoying. You are a prospective uh, paycheck 
until your check clears and the policy has been issued and it makes it past the 30-day free look in the state of Pennsylvania. After that, you're annoying. So when you call and say, hey, now that I look at this, this isn't what you sold me. And uh, he, um, Slippery, Slippery Jim, whatever, um, <laughs> says, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, no, that, that's right. I picked two new ones because, yeah, 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 you know what? They're better. Yeah, that's right. They're they're better. They have a better track record. Well, as this gentleman found out, they're only a year old. Um, what was originally described using the S&P 500 made perfect sense. Mm-hmm. The even the guidance that they that he should expect roughly a four percent return. I think that's a pretty reasonable number. Way better than some of the hoo ha steaming piles of poo that I hear on the radio with some of these guys going. Yeah, you know, the first year you make ten, you probably make twelve next year. You probably yeah, bunch of did you, you're just oh, you're a bad person. Bottom line is. It sounded like you were starting out, like like this was starting out so nicely, mm-hmm. and then it isn't. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't trust this person. I don't blame you. Um, I would not uh, surrender a five-year contract uh, with American Equities because the salesman is a bonehead. I wouldn't do that. It will cost you a lot of money. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Don't do that. You can certainly leave this individual behind. You can certainly have a new advisor assigned to the contract. And I would certainly recommend that you do that almost immediately, if not immediately or sooner. Well, hey, you can't do it on Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. So no. m- Monday is plenty of time. But I would kick the guy to the curb without a doubt. Uh, his description that a tech stock index and a global index is a far better approach is just it's just. Uh, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Uh, and, and translation likely means one of two things. Either he screwed up royally or he's just a moron mm-hmm. and doesn't understand. Uh, screwed up royally, filled out the paperwork wrong or uh, doesn't understand. And, and and here's the irony of it. Irony of it. Irony. There's a joke in there somewhere. Um he doesn't get paid a dime more for having different indexes. So it's not like, you know what? I'm going to slip this guy over into the tech stuff so I can make more money. He gets the same commission. It's the same commission. Mm-hmm. So why be a bonehead? Why not just do what you said you were going to do? And and the answer is, I don't know. I, why are people boneheads? I, I don't know. So uh, should you surrender? Probably not. Should you change the indexes when you have the chance? The answer is yes. Should you write a letter to American Equities complaining about this individual? Yes. Should you copy the Bureau, uh, the uh, Department of Banking uh, and Securities, Dobbs, uh, in Harrisburg? Yes. In order to sell you this annuity, he has to have a uh, life and annuity license. Should there be a complaint against him? Yes. All those things are true. Uh, how you go forward, um, again, with a... A, a substituting a financial advisor you trust for the person you don't is your first move filing your letters 
second move, and then how you handle the investment going forward is really going to depend on you and how it fits into your big picture. Um, but I would agree with you 100%. 50-50 global index and stock fund, not the way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, even the fact that they don't really have history to talk about. I mean, our investment team, we've been meeting regularly given the situation in the world, the, vol the volatility in the market with inflation and the war and uh, rising interest rates. So we've been discussing things a lot and we're looking at whether we need to change any funds in our model. And when we see a fund that's just been created, like the date of inception is less than a year or a year old, we mm. we don't even consider putting that into our model. At this point, there, you you can have no um, confidence of any judgment, good or bad. Right. Because you, you just don't have enough information. Right. Excellent. Um, okay. Uh, a young lady, I believe. I saw your TV show where you talked about an investment where the husband can take all of the money in it, out of his IRA when he's alive and his wife gets it all back when he dies. How in the world does that work, and why wouldn't everyone do this if it's for real? <laughs> Sounds like she's talking about the um, a, a product we've been able to to use for some of our clients when it's appropriate, a uh, a variable annuity with a guaranteed annual withdrawal amount and an enhanced death benefit. So how does that work? Um, you invest your IRA money. 300000 bucks. Yep. You can put that into that $300,000 into this annuity. Um, the annuity company will determine what your annual payout can be. And there's an account that is invested and managed. And as long as there's at least a dollar left in it, the beneficiary of that um, annuity will receive your initial premium as the death benefit. And it works because there's an insurance component. So let's let's use real numbers. We put 300 in. Yep. Uh, I take out a guaranteed amount. I'm going to call it 4%. Sure. Nice round number. A thousand bucks a month. Sure. I live uh, 30 more years. Mm -hmm. I take 360000 out of my $300,000 account. Mm -hmm. uh, at that time that I croak, it's worth 32000 bucks. Okay. And my wife gets what? 300000 300000 And gets to start all over again. Mm -hmm. Not a bad gig. And yes, there's a lot of people out there going, sounds too good to be true. It isn't. It's called insurance. It's like somebody saying, I bought a house and it burned down and then somebody else paid to have it rebuilt. What? How'd you pull that off? Um, I had homeowner's insurance. Right. So you have paid a premium and you have received a benefit. Right. It's pretty straightforward. Um, the fact of the matter is that uh, the there are a number of companies that offer these kind of platforms. Some are very, very good. Obviously, we use those. Some are uh, suspicious, mm -hmm. and we avoid those. So an important part of deciding whether something is too good to be true is to make sure that you're dealing with companies that are financially solid because the only value to a guarantee coming from an annuity company is whether or not the annuity company can pay that guaranteed claim. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, we've got to say our goodbyes. Uh, happy Easter to you and your family. And, happy Easter to and you. And to Schmurphy. <laughs> and that's very, very exciting. Happy Easter to everyone out there listening and of course a blessed Passover as well. 
Uh, if we can be of service to you at any point in the coming week, just let us know. Uh, you can uh, send Alyssa an email, A-L-Y-S-S-A at askmtm.com. Send me an email, gene, G-E-N-E, at askmtm.com. Go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com, morethanmoneyonline.com. And you can go old school. Give us a phone call, 610-746-7007. Do not call this weekend. Do not annoy our tax team on Easter weekend. Call Monday, 610-746-7007. Folks, thank you so much for being part of our show. We'll see you next week on More Than Money. Yeah.